This episode of Faith Beats is sponsored by First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, where we aim to make God's love Welcome back to another episode of Faith Beats. I am your co-host, the Reverend Kayla Johnson. And I'm Reverend Mark Mares. We're glad to be with you guys today. Faith Beats is a podcast about the questions of life and rhythms of faith, community, and imagination through the lens of storytelling, arts, and spiritual practices with new releases on the second and fourth Friday of each month. Each episode will use a different medium to take a unique approach of exploring how faith intersects with our lives. Today, for our first official episode, we'll be talking about faith and music. And today we have a very special guest joining us, Reverend Andrew Frazier. Andrew, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? I sure will. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm really happy to be here with uh, Faith Beats. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I am Reverend Andrew Frazier. I grew up in the South, in Georgia, and uh, got a degree in music from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Yeah, go dogs. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I remember at orientation as a freshman, they made all of the new freshmen stand on this, like, big staircase while all of our parents were down there with their phones and cameras and they made us call the dogs it was so embarrassing Oh, i bet it was yeah but no i had a good time university of georgia got my degree in music uh did piano and voice but ended up just getting a degree in voice and somehow found my way to seminary and and now i'm here in ann arbor so andrew what drew you to music to begin with you know i think i was born into music more than i was drawn to it but I'll get back to that like my my dad was a professional opera singer and he's in his 70s now so he when he was younger he was touring the country when that's what opera companies did Um, but he decided to spend most of his career teaching college students how to sing and and to do operas and he met my mom singing an opera Um, not as a teacher (laughs) (laughs) we're just we're just gonna pause past that and keep going so you met your mom and then so yeah, my dad met my mom. Uh, they were both singing in an opera together, and some of my earliest memories are of of being at my dad's opera rehearsals and performances. And when I was a little baby, like I would run around backstage in my diapers and my underwear, and there are pictures of me when I was really young being held by his students. So I mean, I was really brought up in the musical world, but. And my dad did a great job, too, with that. Both of them did, but I have these really strong memories of driving around with my dad and listening to music on the radio. Um, Sometimes it was golden oldie, sometimes it was classical music, but he would always ask me, like, what instrument is that? And so he was helping me, like, start to train my ears and to really listen to the music. And I think that's what what drew me in um, in the first place. Like, I I was really lucky... um, in high school to go to a summer enrichment program that they have in Georgia. It's called the Governor's Honors Program. And I went for voice. And I was one of 24 young singers um, who got together at Valdosta State University for six weeks, really hot, really humid. (laughs) I mean, Georgia in the summer, that's that's, (laughs) that's a real feeling right now. It was rough. (laughs) But we had a great time. I, I, I really loved it. And I remember the first day so vividly. Like we spent a lot of time as a choir singing together, but the way we started our days was doing different 
areas um, within music. So like we would do music history, music theory. Um, we talk about contemporary music. So it was a really great foundation in all different types of music. And that first day we were um, talking about music history and the professor played a piece of music by um, Franz Schubert and it's called The Earl King. And this piece of music is one of the coolest pieces of music that I've ever <laughs> heard because the character is telling a story, the singer is telling a story, and so they're the narrator, but their accompanist is a horse. They're playing, they're Ooh. a galloping horse. So you're getting this sense, like as soon as the music starts, you're being brought into a, a fantasy. You're being brought into a story. And the different characters that the, this just sung by one singer, they change their voice. They 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 sing higher. They sing lower. They might sing a little breathier. And it's really amazing to hear what was possible just with two people making music together. And that kind of thing, like the being able to listen and understand music in those ways, um, and to see all the different ways that music can be put together. Um, the way it can bring people together really just connected me. And I, I think that's why I wanted to go into music. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to sing with other people. I wanted to, to tell stories. I wanted to make a connection both with the people that I was singing with and the people I was singing to. Well, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, as somebody who has no musical ability in some ways, uh, you explained it very well. Like, you know, if I hear somebody singing, I'm not thinking about how breathy it is, how... Mm -hmm how they are changing their tone. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I mm. want to hear that again. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking about. And so as I think about some of those things, my next question is how does music kind of shape or in some cases impact your faith and your worship? That's a great question. You know, I, I grew up Presbyterian, and my dad was our choir director at church, and so I have a good foundation in the traditional Presbyterian church music and <laughs> hymns and um you know, it was it was really beautiful to me to to see different people in the congregation and in the choir to see how they reacted and responded to the hymns. You had some people that could barely keep their eyes open, some people who were just holding the hymnal open, <laughs> but then you had some people who were moving and swaying and just like they were feeling the music. And so it was really great to see that. Um, but, you know, I stopped going to church when I was 18. For, so from 18 to 28, 10 years, I was in college and after college. I wasn't going to church, but I was still listening to music, and I still was thinking about God, and maybe not in a really explicitly theological sense, <laughs> but, you know, I was... I mean, in some ways, you can say it was it was the connecting piece when things didn't make any sense, like, it's you know... It's a great way of putting it. Like, just listening to you talk about it, like, you, you're saying that the part of me that didn't ever really go away was my musical side, you know, mm. that, that was always the part even if it was times that I wasn't really thinking about my faith. Yeah, that's so true. You know, and I haven't talked about this a lot. I haven't had many chances to talk about it here at, at, at First Pres Ann Arbor, but um, music is what brought me back to the church. Music is what called me to ministry. Um, I'll just tell a very short version of that. And this is, I didn't even think about this, but this is how it really impacted my faith. Um, I was waiting tables and met a guy one night who heard my voice and he was like you're a singer aren't you and I was like well yes I am how did you know so we started talking 
Turns out he was a church music director and he wanted to help me get involved in music because I wasn't singing or doing anything with music other than just listening to it and enjoying it. Um, But he welcomed me back into the church, back into music, and really helped me kind of find my place and, and find myself again in a lot of ways. And, you know, it was... Singing, sitting up in the choir loft one Sunday in the middle of worship, listening to the to the to the sermon, that the Spirit placed a call on me, that I felt called to ministry. Wow! Um, wow. Yeah. So I, I just I I can't ever separate music from my faith, and mm. music it's there for me to lament when I need to. It's there for me to to praise God. It's there for me. You know, for anything that I need to do. I think I think that's that's good to good to hear. I think before we go to our next question, I want to ask Mark, who comes from a more musical family, to talk about a little bit about how music impacted your faith. Well, yes, yes, of course. I grew up actually going to a Pentecostal church, a Puerto Rican Pentecostal church, that my grandpa planted back oh, yeah. in the seventies. Hallelujah! It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but music. Andrew, I was really connected with you when you were saying that because it, it, in my mind it was like music was the heartbeat to your faith. Ah, I get that faith Ooh, beats. Ah, faith, faith beats. beats. Boop, boop, um, boop, boop. But uh, you know, it, it's funny. My whole family is musical. I always like to say I have the least musical genes <laughs> in my family because uh, they're all super talented. And you know, and I went to a small church. It was my dad was playing the guitar. My other uncle played the guitar with him. My other uncle played the bass. My sister sang. My brother played the piano. My other play- brother played the drums. It was crazy. <laughs> so there was nothing left for me. I think what I think I, I got play? it. No, you were you were passing out the bulletins at the door to make sure everybody got what they needed. That was my mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. I love you. you. Anybody got a guess? You know what I was playing? Harmonica. Drums. I was playing hand percussion. Yeah, okay. I'm close. Because in our worship, we had congas. We had the bangos. We had a tambourine. We had everything. Um we our worship music was really like salsa merengue um but that was just the music to the, you know the the the, the himnos, the the hymns that we had in spanish um but yeah that was you're you're right it was super important for my faith and um you know oftentimes that was where i really had you know just these moments of connecting uh what i was thinking and talking about it became real in those songs. You know, it was something that I felt. It was something um, really meaningful to me. So, Mark, I got a question for you. Well, actually, I have a point I want to make. I mean... <laughs> make, make the point. Do make it. the point. Do yeah, it. here we go. So, you said salsa and merengue. Like... That's not music that people would typically say is church music mm. or sacred mm-hmm. music, but that's the thing. Every bit of music that we have, I think it can be sacred. It oh, can be yes, used for yeah. worship. And so when we limit ourselves to just hymns or organ music, which are great in their own right, we're missing out on the fullness of God and the fullness of worship. I mean, truly, because God is not just in hymns in the purple Presbyterian hymnal. Hey man, God made multiple tribes of people to make mm. up <laughs> the chosen ones. Hey, I'm just I'm gonna plug that. That's right so there. true. <laughs> well, what about you, Kayla? And growing up with uh, in oh, music mean, and faith in your worship geez. life. Uh, 
music music in the black church is is pretty much just as important as anything else <laughs> like it it becomes every part of it um even even growing up i remember the order of worship was as simple as we did something and then there was music we did something else and then there was music like it, mm. it always had that pattern following um, hearing people speak and hearing somebody play music over it in the background, hearing yes, the sermon yes. and you hear a little bit in the back. It's like, so <laughs> there's always some type of tune or song or something that, that kind of carries what's happening. Um, and I think for me, just just thinking about it is like, I, I was in all the choirs. Like <laughs> I was I was in the kids choir, I was in the youth choir, the young adult choir when I went home from college. Like, <laughs> like I was in all of them. Um, and I had a cousin, we used to joke all the time. It's like, we were the two opposites. Like I could at least hold the note. Like I knew what we were in the song. I knew what it was, but she was behind me and she was belting it out like nobody's business. It was never <laughs> good. And she knew that. <laughs> and so she just get close and can you hear me? And she just sing it real loud and like, geez, come on, man. Uh, but it was something that just became, you know, a connecting part for us. Like you weren't just in the youth group. You were in all the things. You were in the youth group. You were in the youth choir. You saw each other in, in all those places. And and so when I think about how much we don't appreciate those patterns in life, those rhythms, it changes how we think about it. Because I can't think about worship without music. Mm. Like I, I can't I can't put the two together. Even if we like we did the prayer services last month, and there was always some kind of music in the back. Like there's something soft, some melody that you can use to kind of focus and center yourself in some way that's so true and i like what you said like she wasn't singing great you know all the time right <laughs> but that's the thing is like you shouldn't have to be a professional singer to sing out to god no, to give praise no. and that's i want to hear everybody singing we're all making a joyful noise when we when we just give ourselves over to the music i know? mean and part of it is like figuring out the way you worship mm. and worship is the freedom to move and do as you please mm in order to honor God. So it's not as much about how it sounds, how it looks, but it's about what it makes you feel. The ways that you free yourself from what's holding you back changes the way that you sing. I mean, think about it. If you were sad that day and you're still holding on to it, you're not going to sing as loud as you normally do. You're not going to think about it in that way. But if you're like, okay, I'm sad, but I can still worship. I'm, I, I might not be happy, but I still know that God is still there. Or I might be very excited and I'm going to sing as loud as I can. Like, it, it just frees you in some way. That's so true. I'm wondering, have you all ever had an experience where you go into a worship service and you're not feeling it that day? You know, there, whatever is going on in your life, but then with the music and the people singing around you that by the end of the service, you're singing with them. You're you're clapping <laughs> your hands. You know, oh, yeah. you have, you have yeah. been transformed and brought through that. Have you had that experience? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I feel like it's maybe it's every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, but... The vo there's something, you know, and, and like I said, I grew up in, in a different kind of worship uh, setting. So, But there was a time where when I was initially started, you know, exploring different churches and, and whatnot, and I ended up at, you know, in a Reformed church, a very similar worship style to what we have here at First Pres. And, you know, at first it was a little struggle to kind mm -hmm. of, to mm -hmm. connect. But, but there was something in the collective singing together there was something about it that that ultimately i was able to tap into and and that's it's a powerful thing i think i, I think it's just it's, it's like i said you know that that freedom within that emerges in some way um mm. one of the my funnest examples i say funnest examples is 
I was at my friend's ordination service. Um, she got ordained the year before I graduated. And so, you know, you've been friends with this person for a long time and they invite you to be a part of their service in some small way. Um, and right before I'm supposed to get up and do my part, um, the choir comes out and she had a soloist sing. And what I remember is hearing her inflection and in her voice as she sang went to a whole new octave that I, I had never heard before. I was like, this is amazing. Um, but afterwards, this is the funny part. Afterwards, my friend was like, you were sitting up there and you were waiting. And I could tell how much you were into the music, watching your face change as you listened and heard the peaks. And, you know, and you, you really felt what she was saying and watching your hands move as you were going along with the song. And I'm like, it's like, cause I, I've never heard anybody sing like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so it, it changed my entire mood just sitting there and listening and and forgetting where I was for a second and hearing what was happening. That's what I love about music is that you can take part in it so fully, even if you're not the one performing or singing. It can just take over your whole body. Mm, I love that. My favorite questions that I was asked when I was, uh, you know, seeking ordination was, "What is your favorite hymn, and why?" Well, before I answer that, I want to throw it back <laughs> to you. Um, why do you think they asked you that question? Ooh. Well, it was it was during the theology exam, so it's like the the, the quote unquote scary exam, mm. uh, and you know, there's a a group of I don't know, forty people there, kind of listening to you. You go through these series of exam uh, questions. You know they're all a little bit more technical, and then there's this moment where they open it up. So it was somebody who was there watching. I think they kind of just wanted to get to know us a little bit, kind of hear a little bit of uh, how we connected uh, to worship and to uh, and faith and theology and and music and how it all connected for us. Um, I think that's why I was asked that. Um, the funny thing, I'm, I'll tell you a little note. Everybody who answered it, there was uh, four of us in that exam doing it together. They all had a hymn, and then I come up and I'm like, uh, my favorite song was ac was actually a song, a Spanish song, Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. And it like, <laughs> I was throwing them way off. I was like, I'm going to throw you a curveball back. Um, so that was my song. Cool. That's, that's a, I love that they asked you that question. And I want to know more about that hymn in a minute. Um, so... <laughs> You know, thinking about what my favorite hymn is, I don't know if I could actually answer that because I, th I don't think hymns or music that is specifically written to express something about God and about our faith is meant to ever be like the one thing that sticks with you from life to death because faith is a journey. And mm -hmm. I, I, I had a different hymn when I was 20. I had a different hymn when I was starting seminary when I was in the middle of seminary and ending seminary and right now the one that really sticks out to me in my head is probably because I'm about to transition away from First Pres Ann Arbor to a new church and so this hymn I'm holding on to is In a Deep Unbounded Darkness mm. it's 850 I don't know why I have the number <laughs> in my head I don't have all the numbers listen, memorized listen. can you tell me what uh I'm just going to start naming them okay, right let's now. Okay, let's do it. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> Quit show. <laughs> Next time on Faith Beats. Um, anyway, uh, this one, uh, it's 
it's such a beautiful hymn. Um, it's kind of uh, written in a plain chant kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. format, which so you could almost hear monks or people like sacred people singing this in okay. a holy okay. site. Um, and I think why it's so powerful to me is that it does kind of transcend um, all all areas of life and faith, it expresses something really eternal about God. Like it starts out in a deep unbounded darkness. It's that's talking about creation and how Mm. God brought light into the world and it's expressing praise for God. Then it moves into God's covenant promise with us. It moves into the incarnation. And then the last verse is so powerful. It just says, God of Hagar, God of Sarah, God of nomad Abraham. It reminds us who God has Mm. been to these people, to these women, and how God has stuck with us throughout the history of our faith and how God will lead us to the very end. And it ends with the word. That'll preach right there. Amen. That'll preach right there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really, really powerful hymn. And I think my favorite version of it, and I'd say version because it just how the person who is playing the accompaniment does it mm. um, was by the by the man who uh, was a, a professor and mentor while I was in seminary, and he actually played at my ordination. His name is Eric Wall. He starts it out. He he made his own arrangement of this hymn that mm-hmm. starts out like the spirit moving over the water. I mean, it mm. just it takes you there. Like he yeah, create that image exactly get it in my mind the wind blows straight across mm. i got it yeah so it's it's a beautiful hymn i i love it and then there's so many others of course that are my favorites but i'd love to hear from y'all what are your favorite hymns mm-hmm. i think so there's two that i think about like that come to mind so i guess those are my favorites those are the ones that come first um the first one is um christ the solid rock i sang that almost every week growing up um but there's also a way that we clap to the song in the South um, that changes the song. Uh, I'm not going to clap because I'm not going to sing. And Andrew's okay. here. He's going to make me <laughs> make me sound bad. Um, but it was one of those things that was like the first time you realized that, you know, that this, this is a solid foundation that you have. Because it says on Christ is solid rock. Like, you don't think about, you know, saying the rock is solid. You just know it's a rock. Yeah. But it's like, on Christ the solid rock, I stand. And all other ground is sinking sand. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like, you don't think about those things until you say it to yourself maybe the second or third time. Mm-hmm. And all other ground is sinking sand. Um, and the second one, song I think about is uh, Come Thou Fount. Um, and it's <laughs> just because it paints the picture of this endless stream of mercy. Mm. You know, that fount of every blessing. And in, at one point it says, tune thy heart to sing it. Like what tuned my heart to do what? <laughs> like you, you wow. want me to feel that blessing, those those streams of mercy never ceasing. Mm. But like so like when you start to think about these songs and you hear them a second or third time, it changes the way that you understand them. And like you're explaining, like the words have different meaning, but the context also. One song I think about that I think everybody knows the context of it is it is well. So, like, everybody knows what It Is Well is and where it comes from because it was written by a guy who'd lost so many things, his family, his children, but it was well with his soul. Wow, wow, like, wow. How can you say that if I 
I'm, I'm like I have the mindset of like if I am missing that sock that goes with the other matching sock, <laughs> I'm thrown off. Like it is yeah. not well. But this guy had lost everything, but somehow wrote this beautiful hymn mm. that is well with his soul. Mm. You know, I just have to say, you're, yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, it's so powerful. I remember when I was doing my chaplaincy internship in a hospital. I was on call one night, and this person came in who was about to die, and their family came in, and they were holding their their person's hands. They were stroking their hair, and one of them started singing "It Is Well with My Soul," mm. and we all just kind of started humming along. And we knew, like, we knew what it meant. Mm. Oh, those moments! I mean, I'm ready for it. I know. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Mark? I mean, it is well. Wow. <laughs> wow. It is well with my soul. Um, the song that I answered in my exam was Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. Eso lo dice, señor. You know what that means in Spanish? Mm-mm. If Break you have faith small as a mustard seed, mm. God can do great things. And and for me, you know, that was always like, you know, you know, there's times in life where I, I love the, your your imagery of the journey, right? And there's times there's where you like you feel like I don't know, I don't know what you know, the faith feels very small. And and that song, I always think of that song. It's always mm-hmm. there as an anchor to remind me that, you know, even if I have just a little, you know, I'm I'm thin, uh, faith, if you will, um, that God can still do. God can still move mountains. And um, and so that's that's one. The other one is one I always sing. I always sing it, and you do not want me to sing it right now. But it's called do "Un it. Dia La Vez," one day at a time. Uh. It's a reminder that you take one day at a time, um, and that uh, God is there. The song goes on that, that God is there with you every single moment of every day. And listen, I appreciate that because my my phone, <laughs> the screen ever says one moment, one hour, <laughs> one day. One week at a time. Mm. That's, that's what it says. That's such a good reminder. You know, uh, I thought of another hymn since we're sharing, like, you know, a couple. Go, Go for um, it. I, it's the last one I, I want to share. And it's, it's. I think we we forget about the simple hymns sometimes, the ones that don't have multiple verses and mm-hmm. don't say a lot of stuff about God. And one of them that I sing on my way to work sometimes, that I sing when I'm having a bad day. I don't even think about singing it. I just start humming it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll sing it right now if that's all right. It's really short, I promise. Do it. Lord, make me more holy. Lord, make me more holy. Lord, make me more holy until we meet again. Like, that's a sending hymn for a congregation to sing, but like, that's a hymn that for you to sing at every phase of your life. Like, because it's until we meet again, until I see God's face. I want I want to be made more holy. You know. So that's just that's oh, one man. that I wanted to share with. We can't say anything else after that because we're not gonna sound as good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> giving giving Andrew all the credit right. here. So I think that is all the time that we have today. We wanna thank Reverend Andrew Frazier for coming and talking to us about music and sharing thank with you. us. Thank you for having me. But it was great. Mark, any last words? Tune in two weeks from now for our second uh, third actually official episode yeah it'll be the third one by then yeah yes well we hope that you have enjoyed this time with us today but thanks for joining us for faith beats <laughs> <laughs>